Hi, welcome back to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast, the place where women come to break free from binge eating so they can have more peace, energy, and release weight while enjoying the foods that they love. Today, we're talking about cravings. It's one of the things that I get asked about the most, and I can personally relate to having cravings that come out of nowhere, especially at the end of the night, so much. So today we'll be diving into the biggest mistake that we tend to make when it comes to cravings and what to do instead, the surprising counterintuitive way to think about cravings that makes them a good thing. Yes, that's right. Good. And three steps that you can take today to turn your cravings from an enemy to an ally. So let's go ahead and dive into the episode and I'll catch you after the episode. Today we're going to be talking about how to turn food cravings from an enemy to an ally using three steps. So before I get started, if you are new to me, hi, I am Rashonda Yates and I help women to break free from binge eating so that they can have more energy and release weight while eating the foods that they love. And like I said, today I'm going to be talking to you about cravings. And what we're going to be talking about specifically is how you might be getting caught in this either or all or nothing trap when it comes to cravings and urges and the the secret, the key to getting through those cravings and urges, you know, even when you feel like I don't have an, uh, an option, it's either or. So let's go ahead and dive into that. So if you're anything like I was, um, you know, and you know, most women who suffer from binge eating um, really struggle with the belief that, you know, either I, I binge or I am just caught up in my head thinking about food, trying to manage it. And, you know, I can really relate to this. In fact, I want to say that for many women, this is the thing that really um, drives us to solve the problem once and for all. When Because we feel so tired and exhausted trying to stop ourselves, right? And it really feels like this catch-22 situation. Either I I eat the food that I'm craving and I go way overboard or I'm like stuck just thinking about it all day and nobody wants that, right? What we really want to be is free, like to have mental peace and to be able to eat in a way that aligns with our values without feeling like we have to micromanage every single bite that we're eating. And we also want to feel like we're moving closer to our goals for our health, maybe for weight loss. So we want to be able to enjoy food, but we still want to be able to maintain our health and also reach those types of goals. And so this is where I was, you know, when I first started out. And I remember really feeling like this frustration because it felt like no matter what I did, I was miserable because either I was, you know, binging and feeling lethargic and feeling ashamed of myself, or I was like, just so uh, frustrated and trapped in my head trying to control my eating. So again, this is something I can really relate to. And I knew that if I wanted to lose weight, you know, I need to be able to manage to eat less food, but I didn't want it to feel so hard right? And I'm sure there's many people who can relate to that. So, you know, it seemed like, for example, if I craved Oreos, like if the thought of Oreos popped in my head, then I would tell myself, no, you know, I can't eat the Oreos because I have to lose weight. But eventually I would get so exhausted telling myself no, 
And by the end of the day, it could have been no, 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 no all day. And then boom, I get home to the end of the day. I have no defenses left. My willpower is all drained. And then it's like an entire sleeve of Oreos or an entire package of Oreos. And so then that's a losing situation too, because then it's the shame. It's the guilt. It's knowing that I haven't done what's aligned with my values, things that I want for myself. And I wake up the next morning thinking about what happened the night before, feeling that that feeling of lethargy and being weighed down and, you know, groggy and beating myself up about the night before. So I know I don't have to, um, you know, spell like so many people could relate to that, right? So, you know, what most people do is they get stuck because they think what I used to think, right? There's only two options. It's either I give in so that I don't have to micromanage it in my head and go whew, crazy and go overboard and feel guilty and ashamed and start the cycle all over again. Or I buckle down and I just like force my way through it and I white knuckle my way through it. And we really get trapped in these two extremes in this all or nothing um, cycle. And you already know what happens when you try to fight that cycle is what I just described. You know, um, we end up having those urges feel like they're stronger and stronger and stronger until finally we feel like we can't help it. We have to give in. And by the way, this is not... This is not just perception. Our prefrontal cortex actually goes offline right at that moment. Something I talk about in the embodiment method. But um, so this is not just our imagination. Like this is actually what's happening. <laughs> so more good news, right? <laughs> so just getting into the urge or giving yourself like carte blanche permission to eat whatever you want doesn't really help either. Right. Because again, we do have these goals. We do have these values. You know, if you are following this content, chances are you want to be a healthy person. You know, you want to eat in a healthy way the most of the time. Sure. You want to be able to enjoy your indulgences too in moderation without feeling guilty and without going overboard. But yes, you know, you're probably wanting to be what I call a binge free boss, someone who is able to eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full effortlessly without having to micromanage your food. So what I want to share with you is a new way to think about this. You see, it's not a matter of either fighting or giving in. It's a matter of turning that craving from an enemy into an ally. And I'm going to give you some steps in just a moment of how you can do this. But so when we view cravings as an enemy, what happens is we think of them as bad or wrong and we put ourselves in opposition to them. We become fearful of them. We make ourselves wrong. Like this one, ooh, like I feel it in my gut when I say this one because it was like, if I'm having a craving, that means I'm not a very good person. That means it's like, I, I deserve this in some way. I deserve to suffer in some way. And so, you know, we, we blame ourselves for having cravings, you know, and we personalize them. And so it's really no wonder why we, we just start resisting them, you know, from the moment that they come. Um, but what I want to ask you is, have you considered this? Have you considered that instead of their, them being good or bad, what if they're neutral? What if they're just neutral? So 
Now I want to share with you three steps that you can take to begin to turn these cravings from an enemy into an ally. Because again, they're neutral. And that's how I like to think of them. I really like to think of them as like waves in the ocean. You know, the waves go up, the waves go down. They're just waves. You know, we're, we don't have any judgments or opinions about waves. They just belong there, right? And they just go up and down. And, um, you know, surfers, like they surf those waves, right? And so what if we could do the same thing when it comes to cravings? So three steps to turn your cravings from an enemy to an ally. And these are steps that are the, these steps are basically um, really coming from the first step of the cravings compass method, which I teach as a part of the embodiment method. So step one is to reframe cravings um, and urges from something bad or something that you need to fear to just they belong. And you see what happens is like what we just talked about, we see them as bad or wrong and then we start that battle, right? And that battle and that resistance actually causes the craving to keep persisting. Have you ever heard this expression, what we resist persists? It's that kind of thing. You know, the more that we fight against it, the stronger it seems to get. And so when we shift to cravings being that they just belong, that they're neutral, um, one phrase that really helps me with this is just to actually say out loud to myself, this belongs. So if I notice an urge or a craving, I will actually say to myself, this belongs. And what it helps me to do is to actually relax into it and accept it. And it's counterintuitive because what we think is that we need to actually fight against it so that we don't give into it. But as we already discussed, it doesn't work because it actually leads to like this backlash thing, which um, I call the effort effect. In psychology, it's called the abstinence violation effect. It's when we tell ourselves, no, 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 no. And then boom, we explode and we give into it. So this is a very real thing. Um, so if you experience this, you're not alone. You know, I've had um, that experience more times than I can even count. So that's step one is just to reframe the cravings from, you know, these are bad and something's wrong with me for having them to actually this is totally normal. This belongs. Step two is to practice observing the cravings as they begin, come, come to a peak and then go. And remember, I described it like a wave in the ocean. This is how our cravings actually, like if you were to map out what cravings look like, like draw a line on a piece of paper, they would look like this um, curve, like this bell curve almost, you know, um, they start and then they get stronger, then they come and then at some point they get to whatever their heightened state is and then they release. And you've probably experienced this before. Like if you've had a craving, but then just weren't able to satisfy that craving and you got busy or you almost hit a car or whatever it is, you get into a fight with someone and then you just forget, you just forget that you had the craving because it went away on its own. So when we don't act on them, they just go away. So it's just about us being able to either, um, you know, have our attention move somewhere else or being able to be with that craving and with that discomfort until it passes. So the key to this is being able to name the sensations in your physical body as you're experiencing that urge or craving. That's really the key to being with it. And you've probably, um, if you, if you're not sure what that means, 
if you've ever been at a doctor and your doctor said, you know, tell me what's wrong and you explain your symptoms to them, you've probably said things like, you know, my stomach feels queasy, um, my throat is scratchy and dry, you know, my head hurts and things like that. You're naming the physical symptoms in your body. So it's the same thing. When we can start to label the sensations in our body as we're having a craving, that allows us to stay with it and and um, be with it in a way that it's we're just in this state of acceptance of it. We're not fighting against it. And it's not something that we feel the need to give into it. But it's just like seeing it, watching it happen, feeling it through. So um, that's step two is to practice observing the cravings as they begin and as they leave. And then step three, which is my favorite step, notice how you feel when you've allowed an urge to pass without acting on it. So the first note I have here is just celebrate this because I remember the first time I got through an urge without acting on it. And I remember like specifically the urge was for pizza and I was driving home from my teaching day. And, you know, if you're a teacher, you know how exhausting your day can be. And so I was driving home and I was like, I don't feel like cooking and I I should just go get a pizza. But I instead, I was like, you know what? Let me just try this, this uh, rain thing. And if you are curious what that is, I do have a free training available for that. Um, The link should be in the banner. Um, And so I tried it and I was able to experience the craving without acting on it. And then I remember just feeling so freaking proud of myself because I had for the first time um, purposefully and intentionally sat with a craving without acting on it, you know? And so what I encourage you to do is when you, when this happens, celebrate because that actually helps you to start to reprogram your own brain and decouple the link between acting on an urge and having some type of stressor in your life. So the next thing is notice, this is still step three, notice the quality of presence. This is something that I learned from Tara Brock. She's a mindfulness teacher and she um, teaches this process as well. And she talks about notice the quality of presence. So one of the things that I notice at the end of this process is feeling present, feeling at peace, feeling joy. And notice that that is a reward in and of itself, that that is an internal um, reward in, versus an external reward. And just, you know, how powerful is that, that we can start to create this reward-based system that actually brings us closer to the person that we want to be, whether that's with food or really any other time in our life. So this concept here, this principle that I'm talking to you about is why I named this um, this method, the cravings compass method, because it's something, it's a process that allows you to turn cravings into something that actually moves you toward um, your goals, move you toward who you want to be in the world, you know, move you toward what you want in your life. And that's, that's something that you cannot put a price on. 
you know, you can't put a price on peace. <laughs> so what myself and my former students have noticed also is that over time, the less you act on those urges, um, and I think I did mention this a second ago, the less power they seem to have. And for some, they dissipate entirely. Um, and, you know, like I said, that decoupling is really what is happening there. You are, even if your urges don't completely go away with, for me, um, my urges went from about like maybe a 10 to maybe a one or a two. Um, for a long time, it just stayed around a one or a two. But even with that, I still wasn't acting on them. So that is the part that is the decoupling. It's the taking away that association between just because I'm having an urge means that I eat or means that I, you know, um, struggle to control myself from eating until I give in. So hopefully that all makes sense. And again, this is something that I teach in my embodiment method, which I do have um, two more spots left open for one-to-one -one coaching. So if you want some support around walking through the three pillars of the embodiment method, integrated identity, aligned eating choices, and mastery of self-control, then DM freedom in the comment or um, comment freedom or DM me. Um, and we can chat about, you know, what it would look like to work together to help you break free from binge eating, have peace and enjoy your eating for life. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. If you enjoyed it, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes so that we can reach more people with this important message of food freedom. Again, follow me at Rashonda Yates on Instagram and Facebook if you'd like to be a part of future lives and have your questions answered. And I will catch you on another episode of the Ending Your Binge Eating podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people and if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools. Over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashonda Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on, an, on another episode. Bye.